welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. If you're a guest or you're joining us online, we're so glad you're here today. Welcome home for what we're doing. We're starting our brand new series today called Jordan River Rules. And for those of you in the room off to the left, you can see our fancy little sign is now over there. Um, You can see that as well. But this is so much more than a series. Twice a year, we try to be very strategic, and we actually call them campaigns. So we're in the midst of a campaign right now. And the reason, what's the difference between a series and campaign, Pastor? I'm going to explain it to you. This campaign, Jordan River Rules, has three very key parts. Each one of these parts is so vital and critical, not only to your spiritual development, but this campaign in particular has a tremendous significance for the life of this church. So what are those three parts? Well, you're doing the first one right now. (laughs) Every Sunday morning, we're going to gather together for the next eight weeks, and we're going to unpack these Jordan River rules. And each week, there's going to be another rule that we're going to learn, and we're going to talk about setting this up. But the second part is just as important, if not more. And that is our life groups. Every Monday and Tuesday night, if you've been here, you understand this came out of our, uh, this fall we did the Old and New Testament class, so why do we meet Monday and Tuesdays at 6.30? That's why it came out of that that thought there. So Monday, Tuesday, 6.30, Cheers Pizza Plus, for the next eight weeks, I'm asking every person to commit to being part of a life group and being part of one of those times. Now, you might say, Pastor, those days and times don't work for me. What days and times do work for you so we can get you connected with this? And you might say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to equip you <laughs> so you can host a group. Any, I'm going to say this. Anybody in this room could host a group. If you don't think you could, come talk to me, okay? Because this is why we want to do that, because we want to make sure everybody for the next eight weeks, I'm not asking for your life, I'm not asking for your blood, I'm saying for the next eight weeks, would you be committed to being part of a life group? But the third aspect, so we have Sunday, you're doing it right now, congratulations. (laughs) The second one is life group, you're going to do it this week, I know you are, I promise. Here's the third part, and this is brand new. So on your chairs, you have this little Connect and Celebrate. Hope did a great job of explaining that. I want everybody to take one of these. If you have not yet signed up for this, even if you're a guest, go ahead and you can take out your phones right now. Okay, I'm allowing it. And scan this with your camera and follow the instructions on here. I would love for you to do that because this is going to be a key part of this campaign that we're doing. It's also a way that we're building connections through Celebrate. We mentioned last week that our main word for the year is fellowship, koinonia, right? This is how we're going to be doing it. And now if you've already done that, because I know you're an above average church, okay? I talk to a lot of pastors and they say, you know, we make announcements and people just sit there and then they come up later and say, what are we doing about this, right? And, uh, and it frustrates them. But I don't have that problem because you guys are like an above average church. So I brag about you guys all the time about how you're all faithful and doing this. So I know most of you have already done this Connect at Celebrate. So this is brand new information to you. I need you to take out your phones right now. Even if you've done this, go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'll wait. That's okay. If you've already done this to connect and celebrate, go ahead and take out your phone. And that number, because one of the instructions is you need to save that number in your contacts as connect and celebrate. So I'm sure you've already done that. So go ahead and go to that connect and celebrate number and text the word Jordan River Rules. Jordan River Rules, and if you haven't done it yet and you're feeling embarrassed right now, don't feel embarrassed. We'll help you with it later, okay? Text the word Jordan River Rules because what's going to happen is you are going to get a text back 
And what that's going to do is it's going to subscribe you to our campaign. You're going to be getting text messages from me about this throughout the week. We've never done this before. This is the first time we've done it. So I'm just giving you some, give me some grace too while we're doing this, but that will get you signed up for that. And again, if you're having trouble with that, let us know. We can get you connected with that too as well. This campaign is going to last for eight weeks. And I mentioned this last week. The final week of the series is going to be Sunday, April 2nd, which is the Sunday before Easter. That is a very significant Sunday in the life of this church. I mentioned this last week because that is going to be, wait for it, church, our fifth birthday as a church. Amen. All right, that was a little better than last week, all right? We're going to keep... We're going to keep talking about because we're going to have a celebration. That's going to be a big party. That's a significant thing in the life of a church. And, and I hope we, I joked last week, I said, I hope we make it there, right? <laughs> but, but we'll be there and we'll be celebrating that. Um, and then the second thing that I want to say that weekend we're going to be celebrating, wait for it, church, is the second anniversary of Cheers Pizza Plus. Yeah, that's right. And, and I don't know if you know this or not, but Cheers Pizza Plus is my favorite restaurant. It just happens to be that. It's, it's good. Like, it would be kind of awkward if it wasn't. I can legitimately say that. I love the food here. Right now, they're doing a promotion where they do a 25 pizza challenge. So for the next 90 days, if you want to try one of their pizzas, all 25 of their pizzas, you can try them. You get a little prize. There's a little card you get, and you can try that. And you might say, well, Pastor, there's some of the pizza's flavors that I don't like. Well, first of all, it's not about you. <laughs> Second thing, I would say there's some that I don't like, but what I did was I invite people to come with me to eat pizza with me that they like that flavor, right? And then you can build relationships. You know where I'm going with this? You might say, Pastor, why are you doing a commercial for Cheers? Because it matters, right? And, and, and I love Ursula and April. I love what they're trying to do here. It's the vision of what God's called us to be. We're not just simply a church that places come. We're a community where people can build and build that fellowship. So please do that. Please support that. Uh, all right, so enough for the commercial. But we're going to talk about this campaign. And so to get started today, I want to talk to you about a bamboo plant, now, I know bamboo isn't very common in this part of the world, and maybe you've never even seen a bamboo plant, but I want you to know a couple things about this bamboo plant. Bamboo is the fastest-growing plant in the world. Did you know that? Certain species of bamboo can grow 35 inches a day. That's like three feet in a day. Yet, if you were to have a bamboo plant and go somewhere where you could grow it, and you would plant it, you would not see any growth. You see... It can take three to five years to develop a bamboo plant to maturity. During that time, with proper soil conditions, watering, and pruning, the bamboo plant is establishing what underneath a network of roots and ribosomes, which are nearly unparalleled in nature. Due to this root system development, it allows the bamboo plant, once it is mature, to grow at this accelerated rate of three feet per day. Now, when I heard that, I was fascinated because I'm like, there is no better description of a church plant than I've ever heard than a bamboo plant. You plant it, you water it, you prune it, you try to get the soil right. And, and a lot of times, maybe you don't always see what happens, but when it's done right, church, when those roots are established, when that network is established, when it's healthy, once it hits that mark, it can grow really, really fast. And why am I telling you that? That's why I'm trying to explain this to you with our campaign. That's our church right now. I'm telling you I've been here for five years. I've given my blood, sweat, and tears, and I loved every minute of it. 
I have never seen us more strategically positioned than we are right now as a church to reach this community for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this campaign is going to be probably one of the most significant moments in the life of our church for making this happen. The question I want to ask every single one of you is, are you ready for that? Or better question is, do you want that? Would you rather just stay comfortable? Or would you rather build and grow what God wants to do, which is his church. Amen, church? That's what we're going to try to do. So, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I would like you to go ahead and open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, Jordan River Rules is going to be looking at this guy by the name of Joshua. And we're going to be spending a lot of time with Joshua, getting to know him and getting to understand that. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you one. You can also download the Uversion app. It's a free app on any smartphone or device. So as I was trying to just think of Joshua and how we could set this up for you, I was trying to compare him to someone who maybe everyone in the room would relate to or, or know about and remember. And the number one person I could think about was the guy by the name of George Washington. Most of us know George Washington, George Washington, the first president, the founder of our country. But George Washington has a lot of similarities to Joshua. Let me help you with that. See, George Washington was a great military leader in our country. He was also a great political leader. But there was something even deeper about it. He wasn't just a military or political leader. There was almost a spiritual aspect to George Washington. Many people in the country at that time actually wanted to make him king because he was so charismatic and had such a great personality about him and leadership qualities. That was very similar to Joshua. But a couple things you might not know about George Washington that I thought were pretty comparable to Joshua is that George Washington was also a late bloomer. See, George Washington was 43 years old when he was put in charge of the Continental Army at the beginning of the American Revolution. I don't know if you knew that or not. Now, me being 45 years old myself, 43 is very young, very, very young, very vibrant. Back in the 1700s, at 45, you were already an old man. George Washington had actually lived quite a bit of life before that time. And actually, it didn't, a lot of it didn't go very well. He was some very unsuccessful things that he did. George Washington was, by the time he was elected president, by the time he was elected president, he was already 57 years old, which was ancient back then. We, we tease our current president about being old, right? This is the same in the country at that time. And that was the beginning. In eight more years, he would serve. Joshua was a late bloomer, just like George Washington. And also like Joshua, and probably most like it, although now, through the lens of history, we can look back at George Washington and say, oh, yes, of course, you know, the country was founded and things turned out really well. When it first started, it was not a foregone conclusion. See, Washington faced a really uphill battle just to even win the revolution. But after the revolution, after the peace was won, the real work began to build the nation that we have today. And that was the same thing with Joshua. So today, while we're setting up this series, what I want to do is I want to kind of give you the prequel, if you will, the origin story of how Joshua became Joshua. Every good superhero movie has an origin story, so this is today. So if you're not familiar with the Bible or Joshua, just to help you out, the first time we learn about Joshua is shortly after uh, the nation of Israel leaves Egypt. 400 years of slavery, Moses leads them out after Passover. There's a group called the Amalekites that sees this vulnerable nation that just left it, Egypt. They saw an opportunity and they came and attacked the camp. So the first time we read about Joshua's name is Moses appoints Joshua to be the military leader to fight against the Amalekites, of which God led them to a great victory. This is a similar when George Washington would be the leader of the Continental Army. Wasn't maybe the best pick, but he, he did it, and he led it. That was kind of the Joshua moment there. 
By Exodus 24, we no learn that Joshua has now become Moses' aide. So when Moses is on the mountain with God, getting the Ten Commandments, getting the law, Joshua is there with Moses, being his helper, as it were. But really, the key significant moment for Joshua in the origin story came in Numbers chapter 13. You don't have to go there, but what happened in Numbers 13 is Moses led the nation of Israel to the banks of the Jordan River, to the promised land, to the land God had promised to deliver to the nation of Israel. So Moses appointed 12 spies, one from each one of the tribes of Israel, to go in and spend 40 days observing the land, and basically it was a military intelligence gathering plan. And as you know, military intelligence is kind of an oxymoron, right? <laughs> but, but that's what it was. They were going in. <laughs> they were going in to learn about the land and how they were going to conquer this land. But there was a problem. They came back and they said, the land is great. The land is awesome. God has given us. But 10 of the spies said, but the people are so big. They're so strong. They're, in a sense, the British army, the greatest powers in the world. We have no shot against them. This is futile. We can't do it. But there was two spies, Caleb and Joshua, you got it, who said, yeah, the people are big, but my God's bigger. God is telling us to take this land. God didn't give us the option of saying, what do you think about it? He said, go and do it. We need to believe God. And Caleb and Joshua stood firm to that. Even though the people wanted to kill him. And God, Moses went to God. It was a very te terrible moment in the history of Israel. And, and, and I just want to stop here for a minute. You know, some people read the story of Joshua and they think, oh, God is a very angry and, and very vengeful God. I don't know what Bible you're reading. Because here's what happened. God said to the people, go take the land. I'm going to give it to you. People said, I don't think we can do it. They went to Moses and they said, it would be better for us to die in the wilderness. And God looked at the people and said, thy will be done. Okay, it's better for you to die in the wilderness Next 40 years, you're all going to die in the wilderness. But your kids, the ones who you said are going to be taken captive of these people, they are going to be the ones to go on the land and inherit the promise. With two exceptions, Caleb and Joshua, my two spies, because they served me wholeheartedly, they will go into the land and see it because they believed in God. And that is where we learn about Joshua. And for many of you who know, I have two sons. My oldest son is named Caleb. My younger son is named? That was on purpose. <laughs> Caleb was 100% after this Caleb in this story because I love that story of Caleb. And as soon as we found out that our second child was a boy, we named him Joshua. And that was very significant in my life. And for 40 years, Joshua led with Moses this obstinate, stiff-necked generation as each one died off, and they raised up the next generation. And that is where we pick up the story, where Jordan River Rules begins, where Joshua comes. Joshua chapter 1. God is speaking to Joshua, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now I'm going to stop right there. You know Moses, the guy who confronted Pharaoh to his face. Moses, the guy who performed the ten plagues, who, who led the Passover. Moses, who stood and parted the Red Sea. Moses, who got water from the rock, who spoke to me face to face, who gave all the instructions, who led the people for 40 years. That Moses is dead. And if 
To make matters worse, the passage right before that, if you have a paper Bible, you can flip back a page. If not, you can look on the screen. This is literally the verse right before God says this. Deuteronomy 34.10. No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and all his officials, to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were Joshua at this point, I would be a little concerned. Okay? This guy, this guy Moses that we just went off and explained all these things about him, he's dead. And now it's my job. What are we going to do? What if there's a problem? How will I lead these people? What if these people choose not to listen to me? Moses is kind of a hard act to follow. How does God respond? to the death of Moses. How does he instruct Joshua and church, listen, I think this is not only the key to Joshua, I think this is the key to our spiritual growth and definitely where we are as a church right now. I'm going to read the rest of verse 2. Joshua 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you, you meaning Joshua, and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. If you got your note sheets, you're going to want to take them out. I'm going to give you rule number one of our Jordan River rules. And if you don't write it down, it's okay, because we're going to be saying this rule over and over and over again throughout this series, and each week we're going to pack a different one. Here it is, rule number one, move forward. Move forward. Say that with me. Jordan River rule number one is what church? Get used to this. We're doing it for eight weeks. You're going to know it real good by the end of it. Listen. Just to give you some context for this, and just so I don't make it, uh, take it out of context, let me say it that way. There was a period where they mourned Moses. Moses was a big leader. Okay, It's not just like Moses died, now we're going to move on. There was 30 days of mourning for Moses where the entire nation sat on the banks of the Jordan River and mourned him. Interestingly about Moses, this is no other person in Scripture do we have this. Moses was actually buried by the hand of God up on a mountain. No one to this day knows where Moses was actually buried. The only way they knew Moses was dead is because God told Joshua Moses is dead. That's important, and we're going to come back to it, but here's what I don't want you to miss. After 30 days of mourning, this amazing great leader, who Moses was, God looks at Joshua on day 31, and very bluntly, can I add, says, Moses is dead. Now move forward. Moses is dead. Now move forward. Now let me ask you something, church. What keeps you from moving forward? Maybe you're like Joshua. Maybe the task seems really overwhelming. I, I, I don't know how to do this. This is, this is too big for me, God. I just, I just don't know how to move forward. I have to lead this nation. Moses was kind of a tough act to follow, God, and you want that to be me? Boy, I'm not sure about that. If I were Joshua, I might have felt that way. He didn't. Maybe you're just comfortable where you are. Maybe to move forward seems difficult or Maybe unnecessary. I just kind of like where I'm at. I don't want to move forward. Maybe you're not quite ready to give up Moses yet. Maybe there's some grief happening. We see this in spouses all the time that are married for many years. If one of the spouses die, there's almost like a sense of why do I want to even continue on? Because I'm going to miss this person so much. I can't live without him. It almost feels like a disrespect to their memory if I move forward in my life. Maybe what keeps you from moving forward is regret over past mistakes. Maybe you have a fear of failure. Boy, I don't want to do that again. Boy, that hurt. I don't want to fail again. 
Maybe it's anger. Maybe you're angry at someone for something they said or did. Maybe you're angry at God, and you just don't want to move forward. Maybe it's because of other people's opinions. I really, I don't know what they would say about me. I don't know what they'll think about me. I'm not sure what it is. Can I just say it, church? Whatever it is for you, I'm going to give you Joshua 1, 2, one more time. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you. Whatever it is for you. And maybe it's multiple things. Can I tell you something? Whatever it is, the blank is dead. It's dead. Give it a funeral, mourn the loss of it, and move forward. And here's why that's important. You can't move forward until you leave the past behind. I'm going to say that one more time. You cannot move forward until you leave the past behind. Let me say it to you in a different way. Whatever you're holding on to is your God. If you are saying, I can't move forward because I'm afraid, fear is your God. That's what the people said to God. That's their fear was their God. If you say, I can't move forward because of what this person did to me, that hurt is now your God. It controls everything that you do and you can't move forward. If what you're holding on to is the opinions of what other people will think about you, other people are now your God because you care too much what they say and think about you. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a mental illness. Whatever your Moses is, maybe it's a regret. That is your God, and you can't move forward until you let go of your past. But church, I want to give you some good news. You ready for this? When what you hold on to is the Lord, the God, not your God, the God, he will never disappoint you, ever. I've seen it over and over and over again. And Joshua would see it too. See, here's why I think Moses was buried and we have no idea where he is. Because God was not sitting in heaven going, oh, geez, Moses is dead. Oh, man, what are we going to do now? Moses was my guy. What am I going to do? And we laugh, but that's why Joshua wasn't doing that. But we do it all the time, don't we? God, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. God is not sitting in heaven going, what are I going to do? Because he already knows it, doesn't he? And he's already handpicked Joshua to be the guy. That is why you can't move forward until you leave the past behind. You know, yesterday, uh, Elaine and I got a chance to go up and watch our little baby niece and nephew. She's two, and he's a, a few months old, and it's just a treat. It's a hoot. I love doing that. We have so much fun. We're so blessed that they are strategically part of our life, and we're being very intentional about spending time with them and being with them. One, because we just love it. We're kind of selfish that way. <laughs> but, but two, because we want to be part of their life growing up. But if I can just tell you something, we were driving home. We were spent the whole day watching them. Um, uh, we were tired. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. Like, I even said to Elena, I'm glad God gave us kids when we were, like, in our 20s, okay? Because it takes a lot of energy to be able to do that because toddlers like to move. And I like to sit. <laughs> I, I, I get tired, right? Toddlers, they're always growing. They're always asking questions. They're always exploring. You know what we like to do? We grow old, don't we? Toddlers like to learn. We get lazy. Why am I telling you that? God created us to move forward. Little kids know that. That's why they do it. So that's why our Jordan River rule, our number one rule, rule number one is what, church? Move forward. As soon as you stop moving, you start dying. 
This is true physically. Any physical therapist will tell you, you've got to keep moving. If you stop moving, those muscles will start dying. It's true physically. It's true mentally. Any profession that you're in, you need to continually educate yourself because as soon as you start growing, you start dying. You always got to move forward emotionally. You always got to continue to push forward emotionally. Relationally, can we agree relationships, you never arrive, right? Elaine and I never get to a point where we're like, oh, I guess we don't have to grow our marriage anymore. I think we're good, <laughs> okay? We're still growing because as soon as we get there, we start dying. Most importantly, church, when you stop moving forward spiritually, you start dying. And I see it all the time. I've been a believer for 50 years, and you're as dead as a door now. It doesn't matter how long you follow Jesus Christ. If you stop growing, you start dying. So Jordan rule, river rule number one. What is it, church? How do we do that? I'm going to give you two things, real practical things. I want you to write them down. Here's the first one. We need to learn from our past. We need to learn from our past. See, I in no way want to minimize your past. And if there's past hurts, I don't want to minimize that. And Joshua remembered everything Moses taught him. Look at what he says, Joshua 1, 7. This is God's direction to Joshua. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Moving forward does not mean you disrespect your past. It means you're ready to learn from it. And in fact, the best way to honor your past is to continue to learn from your past, learning from your past, especially your past mistakes. You know, Thomas Edison has a famous quote that I love. He said, I never failed when I was making the light bulb. I just found a thousand ways that it didn't work. <laughs> That's a great point of view, isn't it, church? Learn from your past. We've all messed up. We've all done things that regret. But if you really want to learn to move forward, you've got to learn to remember your past. Here's number two. Look ahead. Look ahead. You know what I find it interesting? When God created people, he put our eyes in the front of our head, not in the back of our head, right? Now, and you might laugh, but like, think about it. Like owls, right? They can turn all the way around, and there's insects that have eyes in the side of their head, and they can see like 360 degrees. But when God made human beings, in his infinite wisdom, he said, nope. <laughs> I'm going to give them eyes in the front of their head looking forward. Why did he do that? Because <laughs> he knows our tendency is to look back, not look ahead. Church, this is what the problem was with the nation of Israel. They kept looking back. From the moment they left Egypt, from the moment they left Egypt, they kept looking back. There are 10 times 10 situations we learn in scripture after they left egypt that they literally said to moses we need to stop and we need to go back let's forget the whole thing it's done it's over it's not working we don't have any food we don't have any water pharaoh's coming to get us fill in the blank 10 different situations where they're like ah it's not working we should go back to egypt to which god was like are you kidding me go back to slavery 400 years of oppression Go back to a people who were literally murdering your children and somehow that was better? Really? Go back? Go back? God designed us to move forward. Ten times they faced a challenge and that was their response. See, here's the thing. Not looking ahead blinds us. This is what happens with addiction. 
And with people who have struggled with addiction, sometimes they'll go back and they'll keep going back because they forgot the hurt and the pain. And in that moment, they're like, I just need something to kill this pain and numb this pain. And they forgot all of that. Why is that? Because they're not looking forward. They're looking back. They don't see their life five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, and the pain and the suffering this decision will make because they're too busy looking back to their past. This is why it takes, on average, seven to eight times for a person to leave an abusive relationship because they keep looking back. Oh, they won't do it again. Oh, they didn't really mean it. Oh, it wasn't this. That's why that happens, because we're not looking forward. That's why we continue with hurts. It's because we're not looking forward. Church, God designed us to look ahead with our eyes and with our spirits, continually looking forward and not looking back. But please hear this, church. I haven't figured this out yet myself. I struggle with looking back just like everyone else in this room. And if you're here like me and you're kind of feeling a little guilty right now, I want, I want to take that away from you because guess what? The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest evangelists of all time, he struggled with this too. Philippians 3.13. It's going to be on the screen behind us. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet taken hold of it. Listen to what Paul says. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We need to look ahead, church, and I just want to get a little personal. When Elaine and I moved here um, in 2017, I had a lot of plans. I had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of goals. In fact, I've shared this before. Actually, before we moved, I wrote a 15-year plan for our church and what it was going to look like and how it was going to go. And, and I'm not, not trying to diss it. I'm saying don't do that. I think it's a good thing to get and look ahead, continue with that. But, but I want to share with you something. I, I had a moment. Um, it was Christmas of 2020. Um, it was probably the lowest point maybe in my life. And um, I, was, I was struggling. And, and, and just if you're new to celebrate, just so you can kind of know what's going on, context at that time. Um, at that time, I was pastoring two churches in two different communities while working 32 hours a week, overseeing 11 properties, while getting my master's degree, while being a husband, while being a father. Oh, by the way, in the midst of a global pandemic. <laughs> Most of that stuff wasn't on my 15-year plan. Okay? <laughs> can I just be honest? And I was struggling, and I was having a moment, and I share this with you now because, again, I think it's good to learn from our past. This is why I'm sharing. We're not looking backwards. We're just learning from our past. I want to share it with something with you. At that point, God really got a hold of my heart in a very special way. He said, Jeff, what if I called you to be Moses? Now, I'm going to unpack for you what that means. Moses never got to see the promised land. Moses was the guy who took him out of slavery, went through the Red Sea, did all this stuff, got everything situated, got everything planned, did their obstinance. Moses lived all 40 years to the wandering in the wilderness, by the way, and Moses died alone on a mountain, never got to see the promised land, never got to fulfill that. God said, Jeff, are you going to be okay being Moses? What if I called you to Yankton, and you preach your guts out for these 15 years, and you never see any of that growth? But the next generation comes up. And the next generation is raised up, and the next generation leads this community to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jeff, would you be okay with that if you die and you're forgotten, and you never get to live to see that? You know what God was really saying to me? Jeff, I think this is more about you than it is about me. 
Jeff, I think you want the credit. I think you want all the people, and I think you want all the praise. Are you okay if you let that die and just be faithful to me? So I had to have a funeral for that. (laughs) Moses is dead, right? I had to let that go. Now, I want to make sure that I'm clear. It doesn't mean that I resign. Okay, God, I guess I'm just going to hang out for the next 10 years. No, no, no. Because God calls us to do what? Move forward. Okay? And I say this now, and and I I haven't shared this publicly before, um, because I I always struggle with it, because I think people sometimes later come up and say things, and I just just don't, if you want to, just don't. Um, (laughs) But um, at that moment, I can show you where I was. I was in my prayer time. Um, God said to me very clearly, again, context if you're new, um, December 2020, January 2021, right in that area, we were still at Minerva's. We were just transitioning from being online for 19 weeks. Um, we still had our trailer. It was, it was, you know, we were still portable. Um, God very clearly said to me, Jeff, by Easter Sunday, you're going to be in a permanent facility. Now, I know people like now can say, like, well, yeah, you could say that now looking back at it. Listen, I can show you emails because as soon as God said that, I knew it was my spirit that was exactly going to happen. And I started making phone calls. I started doing what Jeff does, right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> and, and, and I can show you, we were in conversation with two facilities about moving into being a permanent facility. And, and this is before Cheers was even on the roadmap, anything that happened with that. Now, other thing I want to tell you was going on at that time, I was in a life group. Now, it was a little tiny life group. It was just me and another couple and then this single mom who's since moved away. And uh, they didn't know it at the time. But with all the junk that was going on in my life at that point in ministry, that one hour of the week was the highlight of my week. I got more pleasure out of that than I did out of here preaching. I'm just being honest with you, church. If you're here during that time, I apologize. But that, that little life group was my greatest joy. And I was sitting in that little life group one day, and it was just me and this other couple. And this couple said, hey, there's something we want to talk to you about. This is about February of 2021. I said, yeah. And they said, well, we feel like God's calling us to open up this restaurant. And we want the church to come here. We want the church to meet here. Just like that in my spirit, God said, that's it. Told you. And I called our, our, our leaders together at the time. And some of you were in that room. We went met in my living room. And I said, hey, this couple, Ursula and April, they, they've got this idea they want us to do. What do you guys think about it? And Easter Sunday, 2021, God opened the door for us to move into this position. Now, this is important why I'm telling you this. It's two reasons. One, because we've got to learn from our past, right? This is our history as a church. And now that we have five years, we have history. But I want to tell you something very important about that, why I'm saying that to you, okay? April 1st, 2021, was the day that Cheers Pizza Plus opened their doors. That was the first day I ever set foot in this building, okay? Easter Sunday was April 3rd. It was two days later. That was on a Thursday. That was on a Thursday, Easter Sunday was that Sunday, okay? First time I ever set foot in this building. If you know anything about me, uh, that is not like me, okay? Some of you were here when we planted over there at the Archery Center. It was like a month-long process, so we're going to set it up, we're going to do this. We literally, we gawked in the door Thursday. Friday, we backed our trailer up to that door. We unloaded everything. This is Good Friday. Easter Sunday, we had church in here for the first time, <laughs> okay? That was, that was different. <laughs> and I was just so you, we weren't being foolish. Like, we saw pictures of it, and, you know, I trust Ursula and April with all my heart, and I, I, they, were, they were on board with it, so I knew we were going to be like, it wasn't being foolish, right? But I'm just going to tell you, to date, that was probably the biggest step of faith that I've ever taken with our church. 
Because this side of heaven, hardly anything matters more to me than this church. Amen? And, and to trust it in that way was an act of faith. Two years later, you think God's pretty good? Think that turned out pretty good? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, and that's why when I say things like this, and, and I got to be careful when I say stuff like this, because, you know, I don't try to use the thus saith the Lord very much, okay? Because I know, like, maybe that was just pizza pastor. Maybe it wasn't God, okay? But, but in that moment, I'll take you back to that where I was, where God said, listen, by, by, by Easter Sunday, April 2021, you're going to be a permanent facility. Here we are. Here's what we're doing. Here's why I tell you all of that. About three months ago, and this is why this series is so key, God brought me back to this verse, and it's going to be on the screen behind us. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. I don't like saying the thus saith the Lord things too much, but I'm telling you as clear as I'm sitting here looking at you today, God is about to take our church across the Jordan River. I don't know what that means, but I just want to ask the question, are you ready? Because I believe this that April, 1, April 2nd, that Sunday, right before Easter, is going to be a key, key moment in the life of our church. There's already some things happening. As you can see, like we did some little changes and we're going to have some more changes coming because I want it to be something that we're realizing and understanding. This is not just a campaign. This is so much bigger than that. Remember when I said, God said to me, Jeff, are you okay just being Moses? Are you okay just raising up this generation? I think he needed to take us as a church through a two-year wilderness to recognize that he's God and I'm not. And are we ready to really take this community for the kingdom of God? Because it's not going to be comfortable. There's going to be some things that you might, in your personal life, might have to have a funeral for. <laughs> Mourn the loss and move forward. There might be some things in our church that you might have to put aside and say, listen, I don't, I don't want that anymore. I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to go. Like, I'll give you an example just so I, I want to give you some concrete examples. I've had people... Um, conversations about, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have music team? You know, we used to have people, we had a piano, we had people sing, boy, wouldn't that be nice? Everybody look right here. No, it wouldn't. And I'm explaining to you what I mean. I'm not interested in finding musicians. Not. I'm interested in helping people fall in love with Jesus Christ. I'm interested in helping people meet Jesus and then living like Jesus. And oh, by the way, after you meet Jesus and start living like Jesus, if you happen to have a, a good singing voice and, and you have a talent, boy, I'd love to have you come up here and worship. I'm done with performance-based church. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. If you come up here and you want to sing, your heart better be right with Jesus Christ, and it better be an act of worship to them and not a performance where everybody looks at you and thinks you're great. See where I'm going with that? You see how that's a little different conversation? <laughs> see how that might be a little uncomfortable? See how that might be where we might have to die to some things in order to live in Christ? So I can't say it enough, church. When we say, you want to meet Jesus, do we really believe that? And what am I doing to help people meet Jesus? We say every week, we want to live like Jesus. Do our lives reflect that? And if it doesn't, welcome home. <laughs> You're in a good place. Because for the next eight weeks, we're going to help you unpack what that means to live like Jesus. And if you're here today and you have not met Jesus, oh boy, can I say it? Today's the day. Today's the day. You can have 
that gift that Jesus gives to every single man, woman, child. You can set free from your past, from your addictions, from your mental health, whatever that thing is, today, give it a funeral. Mourn the loss of it. And then move forward. Let's pray. God, I feel a little exposed right now, and I feel a little vulnerable. Um, so my prayer is going to be a little different today. I'm just going to ask that you would show up in a big way. Because just like Joshua, when he stood before the nation of Israel and said, this is our marching orders from God, move forward. It's a pretty bold statement. Moses, that great leader, was dead. And if Joshua had any doubts, Lord, you, you would help him unpack those. And, and I thank you for this series that we can kind of do that together. But God, since the day you called us to Yankton, you have been faithful. You never failed once. And the only time we've ever struggled is when I've gotten in your way. Or I've allowed other things that don't really matter to get in the way. God, this is a significant moment in the life of our church, but I also think it's a significant moment in the church in the United States of America. God, we need to get ready for what you want to do. And just as we shared last week, that fellowship, that koinonia, that's so important to that. And God, this afternoon, it's got nothing to do with football. It's got everything to do with relationships. And telling people that there is a God who loves them dearly. Who wants to have that relationship with them. You're not a vengeful God. You're not an angry God. You're not mad at people. But God, you will look at people and say, thy will be done. For those who want to stay stuck in the past hurt. Those who want to hold the heart of unforgiveness. For those who'd rather be their own God because they're so much smarter and they know so much more you will look at them and say, thy will be done. God, I just pray that's never me. And when true revival begins, it's when your people look inside, not look out, and say, listen, there's something in my heart that needs to change. And God, I feel it's this kind of two-year wilderness that we've been as a church has been a lot of just you needing to break some things down in my heart so we can help others break those things down as well. But God, I'm ready. I'm ready to cross that Jordan River. I'm ready to see all the things that you have in store, God. I'm ready to see lives continue to be changed and people meet Jesus. And that people would live like Jesus. Not that we're going to be perfect. Not that we're always going to get it right, God. But let's continue to make that fight together. Because you're worth it. And because your people are so worth it. God, we thank you so much. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, 
at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless. Thank you.